Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you watching and listening wherever you get your podcasts and if you can please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcast plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football lakers fast break of course go ahead and check us out at happyhordercollectibles.com and all the great things that we do out there today, plus popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, and all the things that we do, including Facebook on Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends each and every day for us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is having a blockbuster night as we speak. It's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out, of course, at happyhordercollectibles.com. He's got a ton of stuff for you to go ahead and check out in the world of pop culture. It is Josh the Great, Josh Peterson. Tell you what, my friend, a lot of stuff to talk about today. No stopping us here in the world of pop culture. Always, always something to talk about in pop culture. By the way, speaking of Blockbuster, have you seen? So I just got a bunch of these, um, like Funko rewinds. And remember, we were talking about the Blockbuster setup that they had at the San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just got a bunch of those in. I got a Jurassic Park and a Christmas Vacation one, but they're really cool. They come in like VHS, the old like VHS packs, the you know the white ones that you can open yeah. and close. Yeah, nice. really neat. Uh, you know. Love the uh, blockbuster throwbacks, and also, uh, you see, Toys R Us is opening some locations in the U.S. again. I did. I saw that a couple about a week ago, and then, and yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing what exactly it will be this time around. Is it still going to be something similar to what they are now, as far as being involved, as far as just a part of Macy stores, or is it going to be something more elaborate, as far as physical brick and mortar stores coming up? We'll wait and see but yeah definitely excited to see something coming back in the realm of toys r us more than it is now so yeah absolutely looking forward to it indeed but we've got a great show a lot of things to talk about including of course taylor swift how well did her movie the concert heiress tour movie do we'll let you know about that plus also as well jen v from amazon from the boys What's going on with New York Comic Con? Disney prices. Well, you know, I spoke a little bit too soon. We'll talk about that. But also as well, Best Buy. Speaking of Best Buy, they made a move or going to be making a move away from physical media. So I want to hear Josh's thoughts on that. Plus also as well, the top selling Halloween costumes. That's right. What does Spirit have in mind? The spirit of Halloween. We'll talk about what spirit Halloween stores here in the United States. What's the top selling? What's the top movers? Halloween costumes, of course, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But first, my friend, it is the Microsoft Activision deal. It is finally done. Our days of worrying about whether or not the Call of Duty, the maker, behind it is actually going to go home to microsoft and and all that as far as world of warcraft overwatch 2 and more well all those great games and those great development studios are going under one roof now officially it happened as of friday october 13th after all the court cases and all the decisions that were made against them all the undermining by playstation it looks like everything can be now at ease for gamers and xbox owners because microsoft and activision are now finally all under one roof yeah good for them you know i saw that they put out a trailer with some cool games on there so you can kind of see what's their i don't know what their 
showing as being important to them. Uh, I haven't been enjoying all the rumors of the Guitar Hero franchise being revived, so that mm-hmm. is definitely something that I'm looking forward to. But I, I guess the big question here that everyone wants to know is like Blizzard's biggest franchise is World of Warcraft, right? Or Warcraft. Are we going to see that make its way to consoles in some form? I would probably say yes. I think the transition would be now easier. I mean, they were actually part of the debut video. It's funny because on October 13th, Microsoft already had all nice and revved up a nice little trailer about all the popular properties that it has across all their entirety as far as what's going on on xbox and gives you the possibility as a gamer on what's up ahead if you go ahead and make sure you got your xbox games pass and obviously warcraft and call of duty they were all cited alongs the gears of war and halo and everything else that xbox already has under one roof including starfield which is their latest mega hit yeah i think it's something where we'll probably see warcraft in some form maybe get a revitalization by finally heading to consoles in one form or another. Yeah. You know, I wonder too, though, because what world of Warcraft is approach. I was like 15 plus years old, something like that. Mm -hmm. So are we going to finally see like a, when they release the Warcraft game on the consoles, are we going to see it packaged in a new Warcraft of some kind? Or like World WoW two or Warcraft four or five, whatever they're on, or are we just going to see them like, hey, now you can play? Is WoW too old to make the jump to consoles, or do you think it has to be packaged as something new? I think it has to be packaged as something new. I think it has to be a little bit of a redesign, a refresh, sort of say, sort of speak, because you're selling it to a new audience. You're not mm-hmm. selling it to us. You're selling it to kids who barely probably even heard a world of warcraft and if that's the case uh you know you're you're selling it to teenagers who have lived their entire lives without even having to worry about what world of warcraft is or or even does because of the fact that it's just you know even though that's been a part of so many people's lives and you know one time was one of the most popular games on the planet it needs a refresh in order to get itself a new audience so i could see itself doing that and then Going on to consoles and being part of Xbox Games Pass, yeah, that would make it even sweeter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, what else were we looking at? We were looking at the Guitar Hero franchise. Of course. Uh, you know, Call of Duty. There's all, all these, like, Microsoft has got, got a pretty sweet deal out of this. But I guess now we're, we're wondering. Well, I hope so for $69 billion. Yeah, right. So, but, you know, then we hear about like Jim Ryan stepping down. Like, I'm curious if this had, if him stepping down has anything to do with this deal going through. Who knows? Who knows? But I know that one individual that everybody wants to, you know, see step down, the CEO of Activision, Bobby Kotick, the, uh, I guess, according in the gamer's eyes, the world's most hated man. Uh, because of the way he's uh, treated uh, the company basically over the past few years. It's just basically Call of Duty and not much else. From what I hear that reports are that the golden parachute for him will not happen until the end of the year, so that it looks like he'll stay on until the end of the year at the very least. So I'm hoping that's the very most and that we can go ahead and just put everything behind him because uh, as far as him being gone and out of the company, because he is such an albatross for them right now uh, in Mm -hmm. all of this. And I understand getting all this together and organizing it and, and what forth. And, but I really think that it's, it's not a good look the longer that you keep him in there in this position as CEO of Activision. Oh, absolutely not. From what I understand, like he's already, he's, he has a pretty sweet severance package coming his way. And, uh, he, he seemed like he was already on his way out. Like, I have a feeling like a lot of these negotiations that started between Microsoft and, you know, Blizzard Activision had a lot to do with him trying to cash out before he, he left. And, uh, you know, and it, my, I, I think Microsoft has the ability to put the, the right leadership in place to get Blizzard and Activision, um, you know, back in the good graces of the gamers and fans. And things are going to look up from here. I have a, I have a feeling. But let me, yeah. sorry, let me end this with one more question. Sure. Do you think that have, absorbing a company this big 
is going to be um bloat microsoft like have them not have enough resources to go around for something like this just buy more office my friend and that won't be a problem just buy another ms office for the year and yet that'll be just fine (laughs) is there any one property you want to see more than most come to xbox games pass which would include anything from activision anything from blizzard or king Candy Crush could be coming to the Xbox Games Pass. You never know, my friend. But is there any one IP you're looking forward to seeing most come to an Xbox Games Pass now that Microsoft has the deal done? Uh, You know, I am through and through. I'm a Guitar Hero fan. I've always loved Guitar Hero. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Guitar Hero come back, not as like a live service game, but how it it was packaged before. You know, when uh, Guitar Hero 2 hit Xbox 360, came with a guitar came with the game didn't have to do anything involving the internet unless you were buying add-ons like i want a guitar hero game like that i don't want a live service game i just want a guitar hero game do you think it will even survive well again as a standalone game i because i'm thinking as a live service game i'd probably say it would be better suited for that maybe it's like a free-to-play game you just buy the equipment but it's free to play and then you just add on the songs for whatever price that they charge yeah well i yes yeah but i think there should be like a like in the original guitar heroes you had like you're you're becoming a a rock star right you're playing these different stages these different shows they should have something like that have like a 25 games like packaged on sorry not games 25 songs packaged onto the games and then if you want to download more, you're welcome to do that. But just like have have a game that people can play without like needing to log into the Internet or, you know, get onto to to um, multiplayer, whatever it is. I That's what I want to see. And also, I want to see Spyro the Dragon. OK, fair enough. I want a new Spyro. I want to I want Spyro 4 or whatever they want to call it. I just want to see Spyro make its return to um you know, video games, TV screens all around the world. Well, the mind wanders now as far as what the possibilities could be for what we see upcoming for Microsoft slash Xbox and their brand new acquisition, which has finally gone through on Activision, King and Blizzard. Uh, Definitely a lot of things to look at as far as what the possible IPs that could be refreshed, regenerated, plus the existing one as as well. But the first time a brand new Call of Duty goes under Games Pass and somebody doesn't have to spend $70, that instead of just, you know, going ahead and doing that, instead of spending the $70 like you do on PlayStation, just that Mm -hmm. alone, once that starts, my God, that's that's going to be really, really a good sell for Xbox. If nothing moves Xboxes, if that doesn't, nothing will. Yeah. And also like, look at it this way, you know, while Xbox did say, Hey, we're going to continue to release these games on PlayStation to get them on PlayStation. You're still going to have to pay $70, like you said. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be good motivation for people to, to, you know, buy the Xbox, get the games pass or whatever the cloud gaming, however they want to do it and play call of duty for free or not for free you know you gotta pay that 18 bucks a month but still it's a better deal than um you know than paying 70 bucks for because you can play call of duty and you know make that monthly payment twice three times maybe and cancel it and when you're done you know that's kind of the the whole subscription thing i will tell you though that it's very very exciting to see exactly what what uh, is the future now for Microsoft. And I don't know, my friend, you talked about bloated. Uh, I want to see the opportunity to get bloated. I want to see the fact that, you know, all these IPs, which are now under Microsoft roof, actually come over and be a part of Xbox Games Pass. Because, you know, we've seen in, in recent years the trouble, the main thing behind xbox as far as the reason why they're still a distant number three is the fact that they have not been able to produce that many first party games and now that they have all these great studios 
slash publishers all under one roof, it, it, now there's no more excuses. They have to start churning mm -hmm. out things in a great expediency and almost double up on Nintendo and PlayStation from this point forward. Oh, absolutely. And I, I have a feeling that within three, the next three years, we're going to see a year where Microsoft, a, about 80 to 90% of the releases that come out for video games are going to be under Microsoft's banner. And Microsoft's just, they're going to, they're going to kill it. They're going to have a great and amazing year. And even leading into like this next generation of consoles are supposed to be, you know, what was it? Five, six years they're saying in those, those papers. Mm -hmm. When that happens, I think Microsoft's going to come out on top and they're going to stay on top. Just not because their games are amazing. They might be amazing. Hopefully they're good. But just because they have so many games coming out. What are your thoughts out there on the actual purchase now that it's done, done, done for a tidy 69, well, just a little under $69 billion. Microsoft has now purchased Activision also as well. Of course, King for your Candy Crush Delight and, of course, Blizzard for your Warcraft and Overwatch 2 and all of that as well. What are your thoughts on the biggest gaming purchase of all time? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, before we get to the rest of the stuff on today's show, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and say I was wrong. I uh -oh. talked about last week about Disney and how I was a little bit upset about the Disney Plus prices going up. And I said, well, they're not doing that to the Disneyland uh, theme parks. Wrong. For the second time this year, not not only did they raise the prices twice this year on Disney Plus, but they've raised the prices twice now on the Disneyland theme parks in certain parts of the experience as far as the entry fees and the passes and all that. Twice so are, in a year, man. That, that what just are we really looking at? my mind. What are we looking at though? What what are the prices? Because I saw the I saw the articles, but is there an, an official like listing for how much things are going to cost? Yeah, as far as uh, what what part of the experience are you looking looking at as far as the prices are concerned? I mean, just um, getting into the park. Yeah, just getting into the park. Well, what went up as far as you know whether you're looking to go ahead and do the year-round package that they have for that some people really look forward to that is that's gone up so you, it looks like it's gone up between about what seven to ten percent in most cases but yeah Jeez. like uh one day one park tickets you know those those have gotten even just even a small amount of uh, increase a five dollar increase there but then you go all the way up to the multi-deep passes that's gone up uh 30 bucks here 30 bucks there 40 bucks here, 40 bucks there from a two day to a five day. You got your park hoppers, which are now, uh, you know, at Disneyland here, there in Southern California are, are something that really people look forward to. The add-ons are like five and $10 here. It's like, it's going up, my friend. It's going up. But I understand the inflation, but to me, doing it twice in one year, uh, the magic keys which people look forward to, as I talked about, as far as the year-round packages that you can go, you buy one ticket, and it's good for year-round except for the blackout dates. Those even have gone up by as much as 100 bucks in some cases as well over the course of a year package. I mean, then the Genie Plus, which is the you know obviously trying to get you on the, the rides faster, that goes up. Parking has even gone up. A few dollars too so again this is to me it's not the fact that they raise the prices to me it's the irritating fact that they raised it twice in one year that to me is not really smart well it's it yes it's insane but like look at it people are still gonna go to disneyland because we're at a, at a point now where disneyland you have to make reservations to go to disneyland and every time you go there it's packed like even after like we went after they raised the prices and people were still packing in there like you couldn't you couldn't move there, there's just some 
I, I there's is is there a ceiling do you think is there a ceiling for disneyland tickets to where it'll get so high that people will stop going because i keep wondering i was back when i was living in california it was like 75 bucks to, for a, a one-day ticket to get into disneyland now it starts at a base of 104 dollars uh, it's even it. It, it's go, it was now it's even higher than that now so i don't yeah. know man it, there will be a point where there's got to be a limit and there's going to be a point where they're going to see their traffic go down to Disneyland, Disney World in Florida, and then Disneyland's all over the world if they keep on raising the prices. Uh, we're just counting out the one at Disneyland in Southern California, but I'm assuming that they're doing similar price structures all across the world. But it's, again, it's the fact that you're raising prices twice in a year. That yeah. to me is is seemingly unfair it just seemingly just just the wrong move and it sends the wrong message twice in one year oh absolutely and i don't know why they're doing it if they they're looking at it looking at it through the lens that i am looking at it right now like people are still people are going to go to disneyland or if it's because they've had so much so many monumental failures in their box office uh films and they're not sell their their uh merchandise marketings the the uh sorry the revenue from that's gone down and it's what what factors are contributing to this i understand of course about what we talk about as far as inflation and the economy and things of that nature but it seems to be rising faster at disneyland and disney world than most other places because there is a level of inflation that there you know as far as products out there and then there's what we see at Disneyland because Disneyland and Disney World, you know, those prices seemingly are are going up even higher. And then, of course, with Disney Plus, their rate hike, it's getting harder and harder, my friend, to go and uh, support Disney with the way that they're uh, acting lately. Yeah, yeah, it's <clears throat> like I said, I don't I mean, I don't know where the ceiling is, but um let me ask you a question. Have you heard these whispers going around the internet of um, of Apple buying Disney? Well, I've, I've been hearing that for a while now, as far as possibly Disney, you know, selling its assets off. I don't think, or at least I don't believe that they would sell off their theme park business. Uh, there's also the possibility, which is the more likely possibility that they sell those television divisions, like starting with ABC and ESPN. Those are the ones that have been long rumored to be on the sale block that's out there. Uh, Freeform, which we have talked about and joked about for many years, cannot believe that's still on the air. But yeah, that's something that probably they would love to go ahead and sell off. And then, you know, all their other smaller stuff too. But the theme parks... I'm not sure they would give that up. Uh, they would have to be such a tremendous deal by Apple or another entity in order to go ahead and get, you know, buy it or, or to sell it off that part of it. I know even uh, Byron Allen, uh, who is a billionaire many times over and a very successful media, media mogul, he has uh, talked about, you know, possibly buying some of those television divisions off uh, as well. So this could be a very real possibility that, Disney, as we know it, could change at some point down the road in the future. Yeah, but again, you know, I'm just interested to see where the ceiling is for Disneyland. Uh, how high can they go? Because this is not going to be, and you could, I'm, I'm calling it right here. This is in the next six months. This is not going to be the last price hike we're going to see. Uh... It's no longer the happiest place on earth, my friend, if that's the case. Not for me, anyways. Mm -hmm. My wallet, I should say. But what are your thoughts out there on the price hikes for Disney Plus and the Disney parks in a lot of cases that have happened over the course of the past year? Uh, Disneyland has, has seen its rates go up twice in one year. And that also includes some other Disney properties as well. So what are your thoughts? Are you as angry as we are getting in regards to the prices of Disney, of being Disney, of everything Disney? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we get to the half hour break, I wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit about T-Swift. Swifties, as it were, because... 
Her Eras Tour movie debuted a few days ago, and this weekend at the box office, she has achieved box office success with one of the highest October openings of all time, right around $100 million here domestically. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a very successful movie over the course of the here next few weeks, although it's funny because she's they're having an unusual release schedule. They're actually going to, it goes dark, I believe, Monday through Wednesday, and then comes back up for showings on, on Thursday through the weekend. So it's going to be very unusual to see how this is going to be laid out. It's actually smart because those are the days that it's not really, I guess, how should I say, uh, not really for the theaters very profitable for them to go ahead and you know be open monday tuesday wednesday but yeah basically right now is another success story in a litany and a really uh, i guess sea of success stories so far this year for taylor swift yeah it's interesting i was because i was wondering if they were going to be playing these movies on the same nights that she's doing concerts mm -hmm. if they were afraid maybe that the you know the the concert and the movie like they're going to start consuming each other or, or preventing sales of one thing people are like oh why should i go pay thousands of dollars to go see taylor swift live when i just go to a movie theater so i was curious how that was going to work but i i am i am surprised you know most of the time you see movie theaters doing like concert events and they don't do so well but then looking at this taylor swift thing making a hundred million dollars like this is not and this is one of those things where it's not just it's not a movie you know you don't go and see it and then the hype dies down after a week you're gonna have continue to see people going to this thing as it's um you know as time goes on so are we going to see taylor swift be the first concert to cross a billion dollars in the box office wouldn't that be insane uh it's 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 a done deal my friend i mean she picks it back up i think here either this week or not in the not too distant future as far as her upcoming dates so she'll be on the road again and yeah i, I think that is going to be a no-brainer my friend uh, well over a billion dollars by the time her tour because she hasn't even hit overseas my friend she yeah. hasn't even gone overseas and and once she does that my gosh she's just going to be more popular than ever uh, and out, out there and just, you know, you talk about the craze as far as getting the tickets here and the prices here, you know, just trying to go ahead and get into one of the biggest tours of all time. Yeah, I have no doubt that this will be by the time it's all said and done, this Eris tour is over the highest grossing tour, if not already of all time. Yeah, but even the movies, though, like I think that the movie, the there's a very high likeliness that it the movie itself like or seeing it in the theaters will cross a billion dollars oh yeah absolutely if that's the thing though it's a limited run right now but i think three or four weeks as far as the limited run but i see it expanding upon that i see the number of dates being increased and we could very well likely see this concert film being available to fans on a limited basis throughout the rest of this year oh absolutely and plus they're they'll probably i mean if they were smart they'd be like okay this is her singing in america this is her singing in europe this is her singing in the 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 what do you, the, the asian market like it the possibilities are endless you know you, on top of that you throw in some exclusive taylor swift merchandise and the movie, the, the movie itself is is gonna sell. It's going to sell gangbusters. And we haven't even talked about digital release. If there's mm -hmm. Blu-ray, although physical media will come up in the second here, my friend. Digital media, things of that nature. And, you know, people want to go ahead and experience it live in their own homes. Uh, you know, as far as put on the you know the nice stereo system and all that. And then you're not even talking about which streaming service does it come to and and the money that can be generated from that so yeah definitely uh the money train isn't going to be stopping anytime soon for taylor swift yeah yeah absolutely and uh i wonder too if we're going to be seeing other artists trying to pull off the same thing we could see beyonce do that probably that's the closest right now in success stories to her or mm -hmm. someone else absolutely could see that happening. But 
What are your thoughts out there on Taylor Swift's success stories, including the Ares Tour movie, which opened to about $100 million at the box office this weekend? What are your thoughts out there on the success of Taylor Swift's Ares Tour movie? Please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Oh, here you are. Well, that was pretty good timing. You're here and we're here. He was just seminal to so many people. Authentic and kind. Teach you something and make you feel good. Something very soothing, something very calming. Fundamental in developing me into the human being that I am today. You ask anybody in Canada, they know who he is. It's hard to imagine anyone having had a bigger influence on my life. It's the award-winning documentary, Mr. Makeup, The Magic of Make-Believe, available now on Amazon Prime Video. Well, my friend, one half hour down, one half hour to go here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Wanted to talk to you about, speaking of physical media, as we did before the break with the possibility that the Eras Tour movie could become like a, I don't know, that again, could be a digital album or an album, a vinyl that could be made of the Eras Tour, and then also as well a Blu-ray and things of that nature. But speaking of physical media my friend which you are a great specialist in with the happy hortacollectibles.com best buy has been reported that we'll make the decision at uh, right here in the next few months or by the end of the year or shortly thereafter to stop selling physical media of any kind meaning blu-rays dvds video games Obviously, they want to generate more space in the store for something else. You are actually wearing a part of the past on yourself. They're called the Blockbuster Stores we talked about on the beginning of the show. This just seems like a new changing of the times in that the world is becoming more reliant on digital purchases and less reliant on physical media. You and I have talked about the upcoming changes in the console wars and how the consoles will be coming out with the less and less options for physical media. Your thoughts, my friend, on this again, because I know as someone who loves his physical media, this has not got to be a great decision with you, my friend. No, and it's sad because Best Buy was one of the last places that you could go to now for DVDs and Blu-rays and video and physical copies of things you know you go to target target has maybe two two shelves full of dvds and blu-rays now at mm-hmm. uh, walmart's depending on where you go walmart like there's there's a couple walmart's out here that have a you know like a couple aisles worth of them and then there's an other walmart's that are cut down to three sections so it is it is sad and it's foolish, but what it's going to do is it's going to create a new market for much like the VHS tapes going on right now. It's going to create a new market for people who want to buy all this physical media before it's unavailable, and it's going to cause the cost of it to go up. We're going to see we're going to see DVDs, even things that hardly ever get watched that you can find for ninety nine cents at most places. Ninety nine cents to you know two or three dollars we're gonna see the price of that stuff shoot up and it's going to create a whole new collector's market that's one of the things recently that the ubisoft ceo talked about about when they were confronted with the question of whether or not that physical media will be gone entirely especially when it comes to video games and he said there will always be a collector's market for it Uh, Mm -hmm. so he thinks that physical media, even though it will diminish and decrease in sales over the coming years even more, that there will still be some kind of market for physical video games or physical media, as it were, simply because of the fact that, again, there, there's just a collector's market like you and I, our age or thereabouts that lived and grew up on physical media and just does not want to let it go. Yeah, and by this time, too, there's enough of it out in the world DVDs, Blu-ray, CDs, video games, whatever it might be, there's enough of it floating around out in the world to where these aftermarket stores, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's like Book Off in California, we have Entertain Mart out here, like all these places that thrive on secondhand sales, we're going to see them, you know, that that kind of business continue. And it's not only just going to continue, it's going to grow because they're making things scarce now. Absolutely. So it's, 
going to be very interesting to see exactly how the market itself evolves and changes and uh, you know brings me to the uh and as far as the video game world back to the video game world on physical media you know there's the publisher that you and i both know limited run games mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know if it's going to either put them out of business or give them a world of business as far as the decision to go ahead and decrease physical media because if it does mean uh, as far as increase the collectibles could be a boon for a company like that oh absolutely yeah it's a a limited run games is a company that yeah they make money off re-releasing old things so i mean i think that they'll be fine because as long as there's old games retro games whatever that people want to collect they'll be fine but you know how how many of those are they going to be releasing? And then once these other video game companies catch on to what's going on, are they going to be like, oh, maybe we should be the ones re-releasing this stuff? It'll be interesting to see, my friend, exactly everything that goes on with the physical media market. Uh, I know that, especially the fact that, you know, you have such a close affiliation with Best Buy in the past and to see them finally making the decision to go ahead and move on from physical media by the end of the year or shortly thereafter is uh, something that's going to be like we talked about with Toys R Us, like we talked about with other entities from the past that we, we grew up with. It's going to be a part of our childhood, a part of our lives that it's going to be gone f- forever. And it's going to be a very sad thing to see when you don't go into Best Buy and you don't uh, have the ability to go ahead and buy any physical media anymore. Yeah. But I, I think we're also going to see this problem bleed into these streaming services that are all over the place now you know because you're going to have once this happens my gut's telling me that all these these companies warner brothers universal disney whatever they're no longer going to let you know disperse their stuff out to netflix or hulu or wherever their stuff goes they're going to they're going to monopolize it onto their own platforms and then we're going to have see this war where these companies are going to start consuming each other and it's it's going to be interesting to watch it will be and we'll go ahead and monitor it here at the pop culture cosmos that's always uh, rest assured there but what are your thoughts on the future of physical media after the reports have come up that best buy will stop selling physical media and sometime in the near future we'd love to hear your thoughts on what the future might be are you into an all digital future please let us know Pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com. Josh is like shaking his head. No, no, mm-hmm. no. I, I can't say I blame you, and our good friends at the Retro City Games also agree with you as well. Uh, but before we head to the break, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and report on some stuff that went on with uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, New York Comic Con is one of the more popular New York Comic Cons, uh, one of the more popular Comic Cons out now and uh it's been actually a lot of good stuff that's been announced and uh one of the things i wanted to start off with is something that i know would be of great interest to you is that a new dragon ball series dragon ball daima is confirmed for next year your thoughts on a new dragon ball series coming to fans out there yeah i watched the trailer for it and while i am happy to see more dragon ball it has kind of gone in the opposite direction of what I think I wanted and what people, other fans wanted. Like we wanted to see uh, Gohan, you know, we want to see Gohan hit that new beast mode that he's got that uh, happened in Dragon Ball Superhero. We wanted to see more of that. We wanted to see more Goku. We finally got to a point where Trunks and Goten are grown up and then this happens and all of a sudden they're all kids again. So uh, I don't know. It seems, uh, it's cool that Akira Toriyama is doing it. it. The animation looks really cool, but this it's been done before. It's been done. Like we have, we've seen the, uh, the, we've seen them turn back into kids. We've seen that Dragon Ball GT, like Pilaf wishes Goku would turn to a kid again. Dragon Ball Super, Pilaf turns himself and they get turned into kids again. It, it seems to be a reoccurring theme in Dragon Ball. But I guess my big thought here is, now that they're all kids is this show going to take itself seriously or is it going to be like one of those uh ovas that take place in an alternate universe where everyone's like small characters and it's all jokes and things like that 
It's going to be interesting to see. And the question I have is, is this series, when it comes out next year, going to be able to target an even uh, even larger audience, is my question. Will it get to an even more casual audience? And on what platform is this going to be showcased at? That's what also I want to know as well. I mean, is it just going to be on Crunchyroll? Is it just going to be on on that type of format? Or will it go the way we've seen of some others, like, for instance, Netflix? What if the Dragon Ball C saga or the Dragon Ball series as a whole got into a platform like Netflix, my friend? You know what's weird is that the Dragon Ball rights are are complicated because Disney owns the live action rights to Dragon Ball because that came with their deal with Fox. But uh, you know, I then why aren't what... we watching it on Disney Plus? Yeah, that's a great question too because I they don't own the cartoon rights, so it's it's a weird, really really weird thing. But yeah, if Disney were smart, they would be trying to get Dragon Ball onto their platform because I can see that especially this new show if they made it exclusive to Disney Plus it could do uh you know really great things for them but I'm looking at this you know you look at a show like Naruto and they had uh Naruto the the, the mainline characters and they went on to like Baruto which is Naruto next generation and then whatever else comes after that Dragon Ball would be smarter if they wanted to get a new generation of fans into the show. They would be it would be smart of them to highlight a new generation of characters, you know, link them to the old characters, but highlight a new generation of characters. I know that would that opinion makes me would, you know, make me unpopular amongst fans. But that's really the only way you're going to do it, because you just keep reinventing, not reinventing, but redoing things with the old characters and how long until the people who grew up with the old characters, much like we talk about Star Wars, you know, how yeah. long till the people that grew up with the old characters are going, how long are they going to keep watching the show? Well, again, it's something to definitely do look into because it's a Dragon Ball series. Is, the Dragon Ball IP has just been this long-standing, just well-performing series. And I just think it needs to, grow and uh, be able to adapt and also be a part of a larger entity such as a Disney plus or a netflix or something where a lot of eyeballs can actually go ahead and embrace this new dragon ball series but will that happen we'll find out as dragon ball series uh, it comes next year next fall fall 2024 is mm-hmm. dragon ball daima so go ahead and check it out but Always, we want to hear your thoughts on what's going on with Dragon Ball. And do you agree with Josh that this could be something that where that people can really get into Dragon Ball? Or do you need another platform that that needs to go on? Or just the whole equation when it comes to Dragon Ball. What's the future of Dragon Ball in your eyes? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend... That was just a little taste before the break on what we said and what we were talking about with New York Comic Con, but there was so much more talked about. It's getting larger and larger, so it's a good thing to see as I don't know if they're just getting or trailing away from San Diego Comic Con a little bit, but uh, it's definitely an interesting thing to see. I know the SAG after strike also has affected it as far as the individuals that could not attend New York Comic Con, but still we got some Great trailers and announcements, including the new Invincible Season 2 trailer that just dropped. That hit series for Amazon. Cannot wait until that comes out on November 3rd. Not too far into the future, my friend. Did you like Invincible Season 1? I think you did from what we were talking about. Yeah, I did. It was uh, hyper-violent. It was a lot. I was not expecting that. You know, I knew I'd I'd read some of the comic books. You should see Robert Kirkland made this, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kirk Kirkman, I think his name. Kirkman, but, yeah, Kirkman yeah. from uh, The Walking Dead. So we'll talk mm-hmm. about The Walking Dead here in a second, but yeah, it's kind of not like a G-rated uh, show itself, you know. No, no, it's not. It's just unexpected. You know, you watch a cartoon that has the same animation style as the cartoons you grew up with. You're like, ah, oh, it's gonna be good, and then somebody gets their their the skin ripped off their face. So yeah, it's I like it, but just don't you know, don't watch it with your kids. No, definitely don't watch it with the kids, but. Amazon Prime, let me ask you this before we get into anything else. With Gen V, which has also come out in recent weeks, uh, Gen V has gotten come out to pretty good 
critical ratings, uh, and a lot of people are talking about it as far as it's a uh, side story in the world of the boys. And if you got a chance to check it out, it's like, um, think of it like Gen Z for us here in reality. It's Gen V uh, based off the chemical compound that was injected into these uh, young adults that are attending a college and all the stuff that goes on as far as the development of superheroes per se. But interesting concept, and I wasn't sure if it was working or would work, but it seems to have worked so far. But just seems like Amazon Prime is not afraid to push the limits of what television could be about as far as the content. It is very adult by nature. Uh, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. If you don't want to watch it, it clearly tells you ahead of time not to do so if you're into, not into the adult content that it has. But it, it's interesting to see Amazon Prime of all places really push the limits with Invincible and what we see now with the boys and Gen V really push the limits of what they're doing on their television platform. Yeah, it is interesting. It's a lot of... Um like you said, a lot of adult content and I'm not saying I disagree with it either. No, 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 absolutely not. But it's just, they on Amazon prime, like there's, there's not really like Disney is, is obviously hindered by the audience and the audience expectations of content. Amazon's not though. They're just like, they're free to do whatever they want. You know, they could put as much, uh, you know, violence or uh, I guess profanity, nudity, whatever on their thing. But uh, Netflix leans towards that way as well on occasion. They do, but Amazon also has the money to mess up on things. Like if something, if they try something and it doesn't do so well, it's not going to hurt their bottom line. And yeah, that's or the Rings, for instance, the five hundred million dollar investment into that, it didn't do quite as well as they had hoped, as far as the Lord of the Rings series is concerned. So right, far, but people are still watching it though. Like that's the. Uh... You know, even if it, it comes out to they get maybe a, a small fraction returned on that, like it's still they still have the money to do it. Whereas like Netflix, we're seeing more and more now when they're pumping these stories out, people get tired of them, stop watching them. They get canceled. But Amazon doesn't have to worry about losing money on things because they just have so much of it. It's still interesting. I still complained a little bit as an Amazon Prime subscriber that they should need a little or should have a little bit more content, but it's much better than it was when we first started doing the show mm -hmm. and the prime video was absolutely an afterthought to them. And they only had like old shows and movies on their platform and they've really changed that around, uh, you know, obviously could use a little bit more content, but it's getting in the right direction and I'm glad to see. So. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's, it's, it, and the stuff that they do put out though, like there's a lot of stuff that is very, very high quality. So I'd rather see slow releases come out that are really good than a bunch of fast releases that, you know, hit or miss. I will say one of those things that's under the radar that all that people do like that is coming to Amazon is later this week for upload. Uh, so go check out the upload season three when it hits uh, later this week, I believe on the 20th, if I'm not mistaken. But again, a lot of stuff going on there with Invincible coming November 3rd to Amazon Prime. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Want to also mention that New York Comic Con Monarch Legacy of Monsters gets another trailer, and that's also coming out in November, November 17th to Apple TV Plus. Are you interested as a monster guy for Godzilla and all that? Are you interested in Monarch Legacy of Monsters? Yeah, I so I thought about this yesterday. I saw the trailer and I like the movies because they're 
you know, they're not super long and it's just kind of you, you know what you're getting out of it when you walk in to the theater and it's over quickly. Mm -hmm. The big question here is, am I or just audiences in general going to be able to connect to a thing that runs across multiple episodes, having so many hours of content that exists in this world? Are they going to be able to create a story that makes people want to keep watching this or is it just going to be you know 10 12 episodes of monsters fighting each other in which case like it what's the point of having it on a tv show why don't you just save yourself the money and put it out in movie form i also want to mention from apple tv plus that for all mankind a, a show that yeah you know it has this alternate timeline history uh which i'm really I really got into. I really kind of dug that. So that's also coming out on the 10th of November. Uh, so go ahead and check that out on Apple TV Plus, uh, season four for them. So there's a trailer as well. Uh, go ahead and check that out. But yes, definitely looking forward to For All Mankind in November as well, along with Monarchy, Legacy, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. So we're definitely looking forward to both. But the walking dead still lives my friend in the form of new series uh, of course the one that everybody's been pointing to finally getting the light of day uh instead of calling it rick and michonne which i really thought that's the what they should have called it it's called walking dead the ones who live with uh, denai garura and uh andrew lincoln finally coming back for a, a, a small truncated series coming in february 2024 showed a little another teaser on it and then also as well uh, melissa mcbride she's returning the carol carol character uh to season two of walking dead daryl dixon it's going to be called the book of carol when it comes out next year again they just cannot seem to escape the past uh, I, I remember when we talked about on this show the impending movie that was going to be the Rick movie after he decided he he was going to part ways with The Walking Dead. They were going to talk about doing a movie, but that movie unfortunately fell into a series. Now has fallen into a limited series based off the popularity of The Walking Dead. It's still going strong, my friend. Uh, we've seen. Uh, the the latest series, two series, side series for The Walking Dead do pretty good in the ratings for AMC. They've both been renewed and seems like they don't want to let go of these characters. And I don't think these actors want to let go of those characters as well. <laughs> you know, money-wise, that's why, probably. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah, a nice paycheck. Uh, yeah. But how much longer? Because let me ask you a question. Is the mainline Walking Dead series still going? No, that's supposed to be dead. That's supposed to be done, finito. So that's okay. that's why you're having all these side stories within the universe is because these characters which you followed for many years still have stories to tell outside the main universe. Uh, for instance, Daryl Dixon, he went to France. Uh, that's the basis of season one. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, like Negan, uh, you know, he and Maggie, they, you know, they had their adventures on the, you know, uh, in New York, uh, you know, which was, you know, you know, after the events of what happened with the, you know, of course, the main series and the same thing with Rick and Michonne. That's supposed to be outside of what we see. So, yeah, the main series is done, done. But it looks like the series itself, uh, the IP itself can't let go of its past. It's got to return these characters continuously to The Walking Dead in some form or fashion. So I wonder if they're going to be using these series to create closure for these characters, closure for the fans that have been following them since the beginning of the series, or if this is going to be another attempt to beat this franchise to death, no pun intended. Well, they're already doing that, my friend. I mean, but this is no longer the 15 million people watching every week. And now it gets to the point where they're just thankful for a million, million and a half people watching each week. So They've already beaten it to death already, my friend. Pardon the pun, but yeah, that's that's something that they've already done. It's already too well beyond of what we're already looking at. So yeah, I I, I agree that they should have canceled it and done finished it off years ago. But you know what? I've checked out some of the stuff that they've offered since the closure of the series, and it's not too bad from what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's great, but you, you know what's going to be really disappointing is if they start these things, they create these great stories, viewership drops, and 
as they're attempting to create closure to show you what happened to these characters, they don't get to finish it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, there's still a little bit more at New York Comic Con uh, you know, that I want to go ahead and finish up on as far as Earth Defense Force 6, a really under-the-radar hit series that I enjoy because it's just crazy stuff always happening. That'll be bring, coming out for PS5 and PC in spring 2024. Uh, also as well, The Strangers, which uh, we've really not talked about yet as far as uh, a horror series that will hopefully be coming here in the not too distant future was more talked about with director Rennie Harlan uh, talking about that is his famous quote from this uh, press conference was he's calling the strangers, the Titanic of horror movies. So I'll have to wait and see on that one, but yeah, overall the New York comic-con bringing us some more and more interesting stuff. Uh, Your thoughts on the New York comic-con before we head on out. I don't know. I kind of think that New York Comic-Con would be a much better fan experience than the San Diego Comic-Con, especially the way it's been recently. Because New York Comic-Con, that, like, that's where all the big like toy dealers go. The toy dealers, comic book dealers, all these big companies are there. So if you're looking to do some shopping, like that's a, an amazing place to go. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con, on the other hand, it was once known for things like that, but not so much anymore. Like It's kind of becoming like e3 you know it's less every year like there's less and less there and you know i'm looking at uh la comic-con they're suffering from the the what do you call it the the actor strike so they're where once there's a bunch of actors and things like that they have like bands not bands like people from bands there so you get stuff signed by like ozzy osbourne the couple people from slipknot It's, it's been a weird like this actor strike is is having a really weird effect on things but I think that we're going to see a time when New York Comic-Con is the dominant Comic-Con. And we're going to be seeing like the Marvel trailers and stuff coming out of there instead of San Diego. We'll see what happens, my friend, but I'm looking forward to it. But it is the New York Comic-Con. Your thoughts out there on what's going on with New York Comic-Con. Could be some exclusives coming soon after that to HappyHorrorCollectibles.com. You never know. We'll you never see. know. Yeah, I mean, Funko released some some pretty cool exclusives from New York Comic Con too that you can get on their websites. But one day, man, one day, I want to have some Happy Hoarder Comic Con exclusives. Well, you know, my friend, we are now in the part of the month Halloween season where parents have not yet realized that they need to go ahead and get their kids some costumes. So little Timmy and little Janie are probably coming up to dad say what am i going to be wearing for the school parades and all that so if you haven't taken care of it uh, you know we've told you our advice you shop early for halloween costumes because they will sell out but what are the most popular halloween costumes this year and if your answer is barbie that's the right answer which you should have said it is because it is not only the most popular movie of this year it is something that obviously a lot of people are trending towards. It's funny because what's old is new again as Barbie and Ken are some of the most popular costumes out there. It's reported on by Spirit Halloween, the largest Halloween store chain in the country. I have to say, it's not like nobody saw that coming, right? And so yeah. Barbie, I'm sure we're going to be seeing you know more Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. And also as well, Bluey, which is a hugely popular children's series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Bluey characters are very popular for Halloween costumes this year. Chucky, the old standby, that costume is selling well. Harry Potter is still a, a decent seller out there for them. And Wednesday, from last year's successful Netflix series, and for some reason, get this, my friend, an adult Eric Cartman inflatable costume is selling well. Michael Myers, of course, is selling well. Chucky sells well. But when you hear Eric Cartman, what's up with that? I think that we are constantly underestimating the power of South Park. That it is a show that will probably run into 100 seasons and it'll still be five, 10 years from now, assuming Matt and Trey Parker are still working on it it's still going to be just as popular. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great